Hello, hello, hello. What's up, man? How so how was how was New York? It's a trip, man. It's a trip to be back. As much as I love California, I was kind of getting used to that that New York living, not having a care in the world. Well, that's not true, true, but you know, being on just, vacation. <laughs> yeah, just being on vacation and all the different foods and stuff. And went to this movie theater. They're supposed to have like the biggest IMAX screen in the United States. And in it's at New the York? Lincoln, at the Lincoln Square. That's Lincoln, saying something. Lincoln Square in New York. And it was a trip. So I went there to go check out a movie. And I was thinking like, you know, I wanted to see John Wick, but I, I knew it wasn't going to come out yet. But I wanted mm. to go check out, see a movie in that big old screen, right? Uh, since I'm in the area and I love movies, why not go check it out on the right. IMAX screen out here? So I go, and this is supposed to be this really nice movie theater. So I get there and it got like this, almost like this hazmat tent in front of it right and i'm kind of looking <laughs> and they got like a ladder that's kind of like like they're working on something and and some curtain stuff was up so some stuff was kind of blocked off and i'm like uh, not good first impression <laughs> right i'm like this is what everybody was bragging about oh okay i'm a little concerned okay and so then i um i go in and it looks kind of cool looks kind of old but kind of modern um, they have a guy that's working behind these kiosks, but all the kiosks is kind of like you pick the movie you want from this big iPad on this thing and get your ticket and all that kind of stuff. And all the theaters are upstairs on the second floor. So I'm going up um, the escalator and I'm looking off to the sides, all like blocked off and got tarps and coverings. It's and under stuff. construction. Right, <laughs> under construction. And I was going to try to go out and see an IMAX movie, but it was no IMAX movies playing that day. So I guess it was working on it or something. And so I'm going up the escalator and I see the escalator that leads to the IMAX and they got this big old, look like a sign that's in front of it, but then they got like this black covering over it where it's blocking you from getting on that escalator. I'm afraid of heights, right? I'm looking at that escalator that goes to the IMAX screen and it goes straight up. <laughs> like several floors. And you're like, I'm glad it's not open and I'm really glad. Part, part of me, okay. The part of me that's afraid of heights is kind of like, hell no. It should be three more floors up, but then you don't see the levels. It just goes straight to the, you oh. know. <laughs> and okay. And, and there's nothing behind it. It's nothing oh, like it's all that it, stadium seating. Right. So that whole thing is saying that that screen is so big that like there's no third, fourth, or fifth floor because those floors were impede on the space for the screen, I'm assuming, because it goes up to like, oh, it looked like the sixth floor, right? Mm. With nothing in between it. So it's nothing, it's no, you know, pillars behind the escalator to hold it up. It's just like second floor to, to go up, right? And I'm looking at that and I'm looking like, part of me is like, I'm glad I can't get on it. And the other part of me is like, I, my geekness wants to see that damn screen now. Like I'm this close, <laughs> right? I, I want in, you know, I might have a heart attack and faint on the way up and they might have to revive me once I, get to the top, but I, I wanted to see what that was. And so I go into my movie. I end up seeing the movie 65 with Adam Driver. Okay. That was an interesting movie. Did you already drop your review for that? I think that's yeah. the one you dropped today. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I'm dropped the review for it. And this is during the day. So it wasn't a lot of people out there. So I went to go get my popcorn or whatnot. And so I went there and it's these, these dudes were um, in line and they were still trying to decide what they wanted. And they said, oh man, go ahead. You can go ahead and go. Well, we're not for sure what we want yet. So I'm looking up there. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what I want. And he was like, so what are you going to go see? And I was like, man, I will, I want to see John Wick. Cause I was hoping that I could see it out here on this big IMAX screen, but it's, it's shut down. But someone go see this movie 65. And he said, oh yeah, we just saw that. We just saw that John Wick. You know, it was really good. I'm like, huh? Like, how'd you see it? What do you mean? 
He said, yeah, we just saw it. We do security. Tonight, we're having a big premiere. Uh, so Keanu Reeves and everybody was coming to that no. theater. And that's why everything was blocked off, roped off, and covered up. Because they had a big premiere where everybody, uh-huh. world premiere, they're having there at that theater. And that's had why. Had to make, make sure everything was right. Dude, dude. Okay, now, I know in my eyes, I must have been looking like, you know, like, take me. <laughs> right? Please. <laughs> And I think that if if I would have bumped into that dude earlier, <laughs> I bet you he probably could have worked something out for me. But I know if you have all those stars and stuff coming in, it's going to be like a, that kind of a thing that you can't just be no last minute. Yeah, no. Hey, you want to come kind of thing. I bet you if it was like the day before, it probably would have been a different thing. Right. But get I was hoping, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or give me a badge and be like your honorary security. So go ahead and check it out. But man, I was so close because... <laughs> You, weird stuff like that happens for me. So I wouldn't have been surprised if that kind of thing would have been like, I would have went to New York or went to that John Wick premiere with all them stars there. That would have been, that would have really made that trip to New York. But the real reason why I was there is for uh, Malaya and her color guard and they performed in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. It oh, was, wow. It was so cool. That's got to be a trip doing any sort of parade thing. Yes. In a city with buildings just that monumentally big exactly it was so impressive and it's just like the feeling of it and you know from the kids coming from like a small town to this big old city that's just you know like you said on this other level it's it's a trip it's a trip and i i got kind of choked up it was just amazing to see all the hard work and all the stuff they've been through and them training for it and being tired and every weekend we're doing these competitions and stuff and just for the band to be there for a town that most of those people probably never heard of before, except right. when it was announced there. And they're up there representing it and representing well. It was a beautiful sight. And I was glad that I could be there to witness it personally. But when I, when I saw Malay and the girls, I was just like, man, I was just, I am so proud, so proud. But yeah, man, so main reason we were out there was for that. But I also did my movie stuff. I made sure I um, got a lot of food. I ate every day, different spots, went to Midtown Comics, which is several levels of comic book stuff. and action figures. Dude, man, I was cutting up. It was geek paradise (laughs) for me. I was not playing. I had all. (laughs) Did your wallet take some hits that day? And I didn't care. I'll, I'll take one of later. these and one of these and one of man, these and a new man. display case. Man, it was it was just so cool to, just to see all that stuff and to be there in that city and just to kind of um, just kind of get emerged in that life. You know, just that, the hustle and bustle of it all. It was just cool. Did some sightseeing, checked out some of the spots where they filmed John Wick movies. Well, that spot you sent the pictures of that was yeah. the... The tunnel, I think, yeah. is too derogatory a term for that because I, you know, I've seen it in everything yeah but i never realized that the the ceiling for that tunnel space oh, yes. was so ornate it looks like yes. tile like yes. it was it's, it's like wow yeah it looked like it's almost lit up too I, I'll, I'll see some more pictures of it it was gorgeous it was gorgeous and they had a young lady that was in there i guess she's one of the students from juilliard or something i think it's not too far from there and she was singing mm. some opera it and the acoustics in there it man Mm. I have heard opera singers like to sing in the bathroom because the tile has good acoustics. <laughs> yeah, man, it's real, man. It's real. So just to be there and be kind of serenaded in a way, it's just unreal how beautiful it is. So yeah, so it's really neat and a lot to take in. So it's a lot of going to bed at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, waking up, you know, Oof. early, 
running around, kind of taking care of stuff. So I squeezed all the juice out of that apple. I, you know, went to the top of the Rockefeller building, went to uh, Isles Island and let's see the Statue of Liberty, just, just everything. Went to Harlem. My boy, John, I met, matter of fact, I met him, I think it was like in 93. And I met him on a, a Greyhound bus going to Sacramento and he was going to school <laughs> out there. And he's from, he's from New York, he's from the Bronx. And um, we've been friends ever since. I was drawing on the bus and he looked over my shoulder and he's like, oh man, I like the artwork you're doing. And he's into Batman and comic books and stuff. And we just took up a friendship and we've been friends ever since. And most of the time he's coming you know, to the Bay Area and we catch up and hang out and stuff. And so it was nice to finally go out there. And cause last time I was out in New York, he wasn't out there. So this time he was, and ah. he met me at the airport and stuff, hooked me up with a Metro pass. So I could just kind of go on everything I need to go on. It was prepaid for me. And yes. if I got stuck and I'm like, Hey man, where, how do I get here? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, take this exit. This is this. And I'll, I'll see you after work. And we'll go get food. And it was great. It was great. My own personal guide. It's so fucking handy. Oh and having cool people in your life, it does have its benefits. Right. It have its benefits. And episode three has a bookend at the beginning and the end that is mm-hmm. the continuation of Mandu, Groku, and Bo-Katan. The middle of it, we got a whole other story on Coruscant. So I think we should just finish with Bo-Katan and Mando. Yes. And then go to the middle chunk after. Okay, we can do it that way. Uh, they're not, they're thematically connected, but they're not connected. Yes. So they go back to, to Bo-Katan's castle and it's under attack by Imperials. Now this is an awesome air battle. Awesome. Everything that that pirate fight awesome. wasn't. I was. It so fucking worked for me. It I was so thinking, worked. I was thinking this time. I was like, this time he's not going to complain about this one. He's going to agree. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no complaints. They did. They did so many great things. So, so basically, there's like three Tie Fighters. I think at first. Yes. There's three Tie Fighters, and. They're getting harassed by them, and I think I think it might be like five. They shoot like two of them down, and the plan is like we can't handle these Tie Fighters with just your otherwise nice ship. Yes. I need to get to mine. Yep. So you're gonna buzz the castle where it's parked, and I'm gonna jump out in my jetpack, mm-hmm. going full full action hero. Right. <laughs> and I love jumps out, jetpacks down, slows down and biffs the landing and i love that i love that <laughs> he doesn't do the three-point hero landing he nope. like stumbles right jumps back up on his feet like he's okay mm-hmm. but he just does it perfectly land the land and that's it's the little things where someone's not always perfectly hyper competent to yeah. give you concern and worry yeah. right where they're just scrambling just a little bit right right, right. and he gotta jump into that ship because they're gunning for him they show the ship locked on him making right. his way down and he jumps in that ship and the way he Just. takes off straight up he pulled like it would have been the batman move if it would have been a moon in the background but he goes straight up i did see hilariously someone make that reference flip around <laughs> drop back down the yeah. funny thing is so there's there's that joke which i don't think that they were going for that you know from the original michael keaton movie mm-hmm. But that's an 
actual like old school dogfighting tactic. Yeah, yeah. Right. You just burn out all your thrust and then turn around and drop right back down on your target. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that whole dogfight. Right. They're even doing stuff where it's like I go left, you go right, pick up them right. off. Like just teamwork. I'm Man, a sucker for teamwork. <laughs> when, when I saw that ship and then one fin turned up and she made that turn. Uh-huh. And then they had the stream coming from the wings and it was just and you could kind of see the direction from the left and it just it just added so much to it. It was so nuanced. It really yes. was. It was the it wasn't characters. Sloppy. You didn't lose the direction. You didn't lose where certain things were. You knew right? the of everything. So you understood the layout. It was it, it was the characters doing a lot of dope shit. And yeah. And, and not just like pew 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 pew, right. like just fastly shooting stuff, but like making distinct tactical decisions in the moment yeah and it wasn't like she was just so good she was like i drew i flew these since i was a kid like she knew them you know and she was like well you know you know maybe i forgot a little bit but you know (laughs) she's but i like how it it wasn't like this magic thing of just being so good like i said she used to do it all the time it was like you know she knew that didn't she make some joke to like your dad's not the only Mandalorian. Yes, something like that. It was yeah, so cause she, yeah, because she kicked so much ass, and Grogu was so, kind of looking at her. She was like, so well, "You good. didn't think your dad's the only Mandalorian, did you?" Because she, <laughs> but she she said that when she when he was fighting the yeah. Alomites, because she had like wrapped her legs up and pulled them, knocked one down, and she, yeah, yeah. The the whole dog fight thing was so good, and I mean, it's it was also tragic because the dogfight takes them sort of down the coast and around the hills. And she's mm-hmm. like, I know these hills since I was a kid. And it's also like, okay, it might've changed a little bit, but coming back after mm-hmm. taking out the TIE fighters, you got the TIE bombers just blowing the shit out of her that ancestral castle. castle. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that she had is gone. Like maybe the ship, but like everything else that she's ever had has now been destroyed and taken from her. And that's why when she was heading towards him was gonna get some, you know, retribution. Oh and you saw a whole squadron coming for her. She did not turn. She was right. heading straight for them. And Mando's like, There's too many of them. You can't handle them. We need to leave. He even flew in front of her. To kind right? of snap her out of it because that, she was going straight for them. She didn't care. And, and the beautiful thing with that is that, you know, there's a lot of times where, like, I think we were complaining about this with, like, sort of Suri's choice in, like, Wakanda Forever. It's like, you don't believe the choice. You know yeah. she's going to do the right thing, the da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But for Bo-Katan, in that moment, is like, I could totally see her going fuck these guys yeah i'm gonna gonna take down as many as i can and you know she didn't blink she didn't blink (laughs) like you know Jin might have had like you got my kid on board right right? but she's like hey he's a fucking foundling game on um (laughs) but yeah didn't use the force best you can because right you're gonna need it din having to like fly in front of yeah you like we need to get out of here he cut the concentration he had to break that up because she was locked in on him laser vision yeah yeah he broke that up i'm like wow yeah that was was, that was some rough stuff for bokatan like which makes it such a great scene because like it starts off oh no we're under attack Mm -hmm. but it's it's mostly like triumphant right Mm -hmm. like Yes, they are outnumbered, but they are defying the odds and they're beating them and knocking them back and killing them all off. And oh, 
they blew up your fucking house when you weren't looking and mm. now more of them are coming and you cannot win right. it's such it's such a great downturn right for Bo-Katan oh man she's having a rough time <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the end of the intro bookend okay yep and then we come back and they basically the end of that scene they jump to hyperspace right like mando's like i know i know a place here's the coordinates coordinates. yeah and they jump back to the cave where episode one was so they had the big stupid monster fight Mm -hmm. and you know he shows up and they they both land their ships and he's like they're like dave Bugface, you're an apostate. He's like, yo, buds, I did I, the thing. And I got the juice. <laughs> I got the juice to prove. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll see. And like, you can definitely read. And this is for, again, people that know sort of Bo-Katan's history. Like, Mando's crew has a reason to not like her because she joined one of, like, she accuses them of like splintering Mandalore, like leaving but like she participated in one of the civil wars like she helped accidentally Darth Maul like so they're giving her a lot of shade of like mm, like Mando establishes like you're my guest mm-hmm. they're not going to mess with you right right but that's also contingent on them letting him back in cuz he's the apostate mm-hmm. but it's all cool goes through says hey I went and did the thing. Here's the water. Armor is like, the water's good. All right, cool. You are no longer an apostate. Right. And I thought it was interesting when she was saying, like, I witnessed it and they didn't care. And it's like, who are you? Right. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Good thing he had the juice. (laughs) Yes. Because they would have been like, your word ain't shit. Right. But then it's like, nope. Oh, the juice is good. Okay, cool. And it's like, you fell in too. And I thought she's that was like, yes, I did. I thought so that was she, beautiful. I so it's like you've been anointed too. Then it's like we take this shit seriously. You went in the waters, and I thought it was interesting because earlier, uh, Mando told her not to take off her helmet, and he was just saying it, just like, you know, they're very particular about that kind of thing. Just leave your helmet mm-hmm. on. So that was brought up, you know, because she wasn't really trying to hear it. But I thought it was very interesting. But. I love when people slip into situations. Yeah, because I think she wasn't expecting all the love. Because first she saw, like, you know, everybody kind of congratulating Mando, touching him and stuff. And he started right. doing the same thing for her. And she right. was kind of like, like. After she's lost everyone and everything. Right. And she was told, like, you don't have to stay here. You can stay here as long as you want. And you can leave when you want. Right. But until you do leave, we are your family. Right. You're, I was like, you're, oh. You're one of us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was so beautiful. It was... Some some strong feel feels, and yeah. I love that the last, I think it's the last shot, right? She's she's being congratulated and literal pats on the back. Yeah, and she's looking across the armorer's cave, and on the far wall is the sigil of Mandalore, which is the Mythosaur skull. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we know what you're thinking about. We know yeah. what's on your mind because. What was a quaint little, oh, the creed means something now, right? It's starting to mean something to Bo-Katan, right? 
Yes, and I love how she's not confident in it, like you said, so she's not saying anything, but she's she's putting her puzzle together behind the scenes. So behind the mask. Yeah. Behind the mask. So, so nobody knows all the pieces that she has and how it's really coming together. And, you know, she don't even know how she feels about it, so she can't even share. Um, because oh, she, she, she's gonna. Oh, yeah, she will. She's gonna. <laughs> she, she will, but I'm just saying, the, at this the point... Interesting, she, the interesting thing is going to be because really, it, again, who's got the dark saber, mm-hmm. right? And who's earned the dark saber by combat? Mm-hmm. So either because I, I still believe her purpose in her head is to reunite and rebuild Mandalore, yeah. and I think now, so there's going to be a little bit of Dune in play. <laughs> so the whole thing with Dune is that there's a mythos of mm-hmm. the mother and the child coming to Dune to lead the Fremen and da 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 da. And it's like, yes, that is what happens. And Paul and his mother at first, and certainly his mother, approach that cynically and use that myth to their own ends to protect themselves. But Paul starts to be like, oh, I can see the future. Shit, this is actually going to happen, right? Right. For Bo-Katan, she has the choice of either. Because if she lets drop that yeah it's not poison but also i saw the fucking mythosaur right that's gonna be the biggest ripple through surviving mandalorians who she tells and why she tells them is going to be super indicative of what she's going to do because she can approach that cynically and i'm going to use this as propaganda to her own ends Mm -hmm. or she can tell in because she thinks he should beat the mythosaur and he should be the mandalorian right mm-hmm. also she too could be like i have to do this the right way i have to step into the like the, these are the criteria for prophecy i'm gonna follow the criteria to prophecy then right, right. whether she's doing that cynically true believer something in between oh it's gonna be some fun storytelling yeah i can't wait i love where this is going i love that it's early enough to kind of get all the meat out of the way so you can just kind of have the well you can play out the repercussions of it Mm -hmm. and and the the beautiful thing too is like again the the naming thing like someone was pointing out that even in previous episodes a lot of times they'll have the name like the apostate or the convert and it's not always talking about the person you think it's about and it's and it's sometimes talking about two people in the same episode exactly and this is a perfect example of that with episode three exactly because the other side of this namesake of this episode which is the convert this is like a whole other show to me this kind of had andor vibes in a way to me Mm -hmm. as far as the behind the scenes workings I don't know. I guess this part of this chunk of this story is um. So they're on what? Uh, Coruscant, and they have like a formal imperial um they have a doctor that finds amnesty, and you know, with the New Republic, and it's kind of like his journey, which I thought was very interesting. Because when it came up, I thought that it was going to be touched upon in a different way, like it was going to weave directly into this episode dealing with you know mando and everything which i didn't understand how i would and it kind of didn't which was fine but right it doesn't the way it does thematically right thematically but 
but we yeah. have two converts going on here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then also, you know, Dr. Pershing, Dr. Pershing. Good doctor. I, I was surprised by this. Cause I think I mentioned last time, like, Oh, we haven't seen the stuff with the doctor. Cause that's in like the, the trailer. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> that's all we're going to see of the doctor as, <laughs> as the, this episode played out. It was wild because it touched on so many different things so clearly it sets up there's an amnesty program for imperials that are leaving the empire mm -hmm. right that want to rejoin the rest of the galaxy or at least have a place in the new republic so the empire is truly falling apart at this point and they've got a rehabilitation program right right so they're taking these people in and it's it's interesting because they're stripping them of their old names they're giving them like number letter designations mm -hmm. and I, I saw some people there was a lot of different reads on this and so some were like oh they're dehumanizing them and as we see they do do something unpleasant to dr pershing at the end but they're legitimately doing things that are trying to break them away from their old identities Presumably to then rebuild them into quote unquote productive citizens, whatever that looks like. Um, yeah, this is very reminiscent of basic training. Mm -hmm. where they, you know, they shave your head. You don't even have your full name. You're called by your rank. Clearly you have a, a uniform. The same uniform. You know, and you have regiment that you eat at the same time. You march at the same time. You sleep at the same time. You rise at the same time. You march all day in unison. So when I saw that, I was like, that's very, yeah, very interesting how, how that is. But then also, even though it was kind of used to manipulate, it came up more than once how the two entities are almost interchangeable. Like, it's like saying, like, um, it's like it's almost hard to oh, tell yeah. who's who. You, you know, it's, yes. it kind of played on, and that's, that's kind of yes. the truth. It's kind of the truth. It's like, it, it depends on who's telling the story. Not I, always just that, but it could be. I think this was what was a little bit upsetting for some people because, you know, the, the New Republic's supposed to be the good guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah. supposed to be, supposed to be. And this, this gets into like the setup for the sequels right of how if the new republic is doing also well and great does the first order come out of nowhere and it's because the new republic's not doing great mm -hmm. right it's not doing perfect like there's all these and they have like you know books that they wrote and stuff as the the sequels are coming out they're like yeah the new republic's kind of struggling a lot like leia got forced out of out of office because basically people that were already sort of like agitating towards having a breakaway first order found out who her dad was and released that information publicly mm -hmm. like the new republic struggles in a lot of ways and it's not able to really cleanly execute as a governing body and shocker it's also really bureaucratic like they did a really good job with showing how the people through this re-education program are also cut off and like they're they're being you know he gets interviewed like twice by like clearly like a psychologist droid who's not like doing like surface level questions right right, right. like if if you're building a reintegration program 
you also don't want to put all like if you're reintegrating a bunch of space nazis you don't all put them in the same place all the time you get them and you're going to integrate this one into this group of nice people and you're going to take this other one and try and integrate them in this group so you pull them into the community instead of isolated so it was i think a shock to people of like oh it's not star trek utopia like no 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 and that kind of sucks and it's disappointing but like there's also the just unpleasantness of what happens to dr pershing but there's also like the callousness too of the new republic of the way they with the processing with having the droids be the one to kind of be the council and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and then even the fact that you know that this person is highly intelligent if he's talking about cloning and his presentation what he used to do and then you're gonna have him as like you know getting rid of old tapes it but, does suck that he's but that just that. shows that they don't care you think that mind that wonders and wanted to solve things are just gonna dim because you don't feel you didn't take the time to know him to know what his because like it's almost like the idle hand kind of thing mm-hmm. you see he's taking on more work than he needs to because he's his mind is busy and you got him doing some mindless stuff of course even if it didn't go down the way it went down in this episode it, it could have happened anyway just because you need to feed him more. He has a bigger appetite. Yeah. And you're not trying to steer it. You're trying to cut it off. You know, that pressure is there. I at least like the fact that he said that he thought he was doing something good. It was just being used the wrong way. And I right. appreciate that. And the New Republic didn't take the time to even see that. They could say no or whatever, but to just be like, cut off, cut it off. Just stop it. Right. Versus trying to steer it in a way that will help everybody or at least, you know, have the conversation. So I, I was thinking about this um, during Cat Litter last week. And the thing is, like, it brings up some really interesting things with them not, like, bringing the doctor in and being like, okay, you're clearly brilliant. Like, it's, it's based in childhood trauma. Like, we could have, like, cloned an organ from my mom and saved her. We should have this technology. Mm-hmm. And it's just he came to fruition in a time where it's like, oh... I'm working for the Empire. Fuck. Um, But his heart's in the right place. But it's being used in a horrible way. So, for one, there is a gentleman by the name of Fritz Harbor. And (laughs) we're going to do some, uh, some, some fun history here. So, Fritz Harbor was a German chemist. And in, like, the... 19 teens 1920s he was the one that like figured out how to do uh nitrate fertilizer right and that changed the whole fucking world because now we could do industrial agriculture right Right. and like probably fended off a whole bunch of like horrible like starvation and things like that but then and he got like uh, prestigious awards and all that sort of stuff and then World War One kind of started <laughs> and he was like you know if we do this other process we could end the war a lot quicker by inventing mustard gas <laughs> and he invented mustard gas because he thought it would end the war quicker quicker which is literally the same rationale the united states used to drop the bomb on hiroshima right right and so 
that didn't play out very well for him in the end because he invented a way of doing horrible atrocities in the war and it kind of destroyed him he went on to try and do another thing but like this guy has the most fucked up sort of life of like ups and downs so that was one thing that came to mind is like pershing is that scientist Mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing and getting caught up in probably experiments on grogu to do uh, things he probably would have been really upset about if they went to fruition and that's when the grow yeah and that's the interesting thing about somebody who's trying to solve things and problem solve and not considering what your tool or your answer right what what somebody would do with those things the in- tool is not evil it's the person who's wielding it Sadly, on his point, he knew what he was doing with mustard gas. Like, didn't like it, but but I think the other thing is going to show down the road is like, oh, Pershing's technology got used to clone Emperor Palpatine. Oh, okay, who gives a shit? Um, But the other thing about this program that I was thinking of is the fact they didn't use him, Mm -hmm. right? And like understandably that's like why wouldn't you use his genius and then it's like oh yeah all those rocketeer nazis that we brought into the nasa program right like the united states did do that and there's still people that are pissed off about that because we hid nazi scientists within nasa right and so it's like well and it's a giant bureaucracy. I, I I like that it's it's muddied, right? It's not, we are the good guys. We do all the right things. We have borrowed and shared a lot mm-hmm. that, that we don't like to, to tell people who our bedfellows are. Right. Um, but I think it's been very brave, like especially with Andor, and it's doing it with this again, how they're not afraid to have the full breath of the situation. This is this is the most real I've seen anything dealing with politics in the real world. And it's on a damn sci-fi show. But, but, <laughs> right. But the way they're dealing with it and the logic and the reality of these things is played out more realistic in these shows than, than what we're getting on any show that talks 24 hours a day about politics or the government. Right. You could hear stuff, you know, 24 hours a day and they all be skewed or on purpose. Obfuscating. Yes. And so to have these shows that's speaking so much truth, even in, even if it's kind of abstract, it's not really not even that abstract, but it's just interesting how this is kind of telling the truth of, of situations and, and it's very refreshing, almost off-putting because you're not used to having medicine that don't taste good. But it'll cure you. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was an interesting this this whole thing with Doctor Pershing and yeah. Al- Aaliyah, I think is the Aaliyah Kane. I think is the, yeah. the character's name. So I'll tell you this: just even save time. I never believed it. <laughs> Wh- which part? I didn't trust it from the beginning. Didn't trust but, her. Yes. Same. But then when the way he looked at her, really no, really no. I didn't know what part or whatever or how exactly how it's going to unfold but i knew that like no that that's a problem i i i think her acting and the directing did an amazing job of mm-hmm. doing very quiet mm-hmm. menace mm-hmm. 
very quiet menace with yes. just enough believability of sincerity of like hey we used to serve on the same ship yeah it's not the great oh yeah miss these things oh yeah maybe we could be a friend she's just a little too yeah. And it was funny because like I, I remember at the start of the episode they previously on and they just had a little snippet of her character on Gideon's ship yep. right because that's where she's from yep. um, and I spent like the first five minutes trying to remember where I'd seen her from because she was on was it the rookie or something recently and we saw the episode that she was on but they did a great job here of just having her be just barely believable enough mm-hmm. that like she wants to help out the doctor da, 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 that the doctor would believe it mm-hmm. but also just enough off-putting where the reveal which is she's setting up Pershing to get caught yeah. so that the Republic brings in the not the mind flare. <laughs> Mm. to like uh, scramble his brain just gently just gently little little adjustment and she I, cranks it up to 11 I, I even knew that was going to happen I even knew I, yeah yeah it, and it wasn't that it wasn't played well it was but it was just almost anything he, he needed to be dismantled because there's certain things Jenga pieces that are in there to keep him you know when he's going through his process of rehabilitation uh-huh. and she's pulling all the things you don't have to literally go by the rules or you could just do this or nudge nudge you could, right right at just the right places like you don't have to literally because even the stuff with the you know you want to touch the rock want to touch the tip of the mountain right you know, just, she just, just, just a little bit of rule breaking she's constantly having him to stick his toe in the water they're saying and- don't do it it's still new he ain't been there long enough to 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 know the world for himself and, and she's constantly making him step the line and, right you know even the little stuff like it, it's know. a beautiful game of entrapment yes like because the thing is like clearly the republic security forces that show up know that she's in on it like mm-hmm. she's one of their officers mm-hmm. we see later so like this whole thing is an enticement to present to them like oh he's he's going to go and try and do things he's not supposed to so that she can erase his memories and scramble his brain okay so so good so what i thought was going to end up happening what do we need to so do you think we should go through what exactly happened i mean briefly she basically like hey you want to do your research she's like yeah she's like okay we get a mobile medical cart a mobile lab basically And he's like okay she's like all right follow me be ready at night and we're gonna go and sneak on this subway car and basically break into a decommissioning plant for star destroyers because they got tons of equipment on those things they go in they get the stuff oh no there's people here run 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 we're caught and then she's like ha you're under arrest he's like what that's 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 basically what happens well said Um, well said and so what I thought was going to end up happening was he, when he went to the facility and he saw the equipment and it looked a really nice, nice looking lab. And she's like, take what you want. I thought that Moff Gideon was going to come out and they was going to trap him. Like, like she was still with him, was going to uh-huh. almost, tricked him, almost tricked him into going to a, a lab and was going to 
lock him up in there and make make him work for them. I had no clue what she was doing. I just know it wasn't what she said it was. Like there okay. was there was another shoe that was gonna get dropped. Okay. Right. I was, I was surprised that she's working in that capacity with them. I thought he's gonna be in a lab and he was gonna be able to go and like, right. do research. And now we he's got like, you. I'm back, motherfuckers. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is interesting too. Again, as someone who loves spies, she's basically a mole in mm -hmm. the New Republic now. Right, she has no other reason to like nuke this guy's brain, right? Other than making sure the New Republic does not get his cloning technology, right? Mm -hmm. That what he knows not only about cloning, but what that cloning was for and what experiments he did. Mm -hmm. So that is my guess for the motivation for yeah. nuking him. I agree. Um, get rid because of the evidence, and then also with getting rid of him and using him like that puts her you know higher up too well that's the thing is like she could have just used him to like make herself look better and not nuke him but she nuked him that oh, tells right. me that's the primary goal was nuking him it also makes her look better so yeah. i'm i'm hoping we get to see more of her character right like it doesn't have to be a whole episode or anything but like she's a pawn and a player for what will probably become the first order so because mm. i i don't know how far far away in the continuities the force awakens is at this point okay um who knows because it's supposed to be like 30 years so probably not probably not immediate but yeah that was, was a bit of a surprise <laughs> wasn't yeah. expecting that outcome out of it um and it it for Dr. Pershing, it really is tragic because he yeah. is genuinely someone that wants to do good mm -hmm. and was willing to put himself at risk to do it. And he got his he got lobotomized for it. So Yeah. And to me that's uh that's kinda how it goes. It's almost kinda like the whole thing with um the prison system and how they want to rehabilitate quote unquote, but then you know, they set you up to fail. So it kind of reminded me of that too. Like it just, mm -hmm. it, it's funny how the whole thing in rehabilitation is almost just so you could sound civil, but you know, it's still a meat grinder, but you have to make it, <laughs> you can't call it that. You, you can't, you, it's, it's still the ejection button. You just call it something nice. Um, yeah. But this, the results like... are the same though. Yeah, because like, because really they have no intentions for, for him. Like I said, for him to be that smart and to have him doing what he's doing, that just kind of shows that you know he, he's kind of lost to the system. And I don't know, maybe maybe he would have went up for ranks. Maybe they would have used his plans later. I don't know, but I think what they showed us just just the it just said a lot. They just said a lot. It wasn't about that because if it was about if it was about rehabilitation or trying to get him on the right path least have a face-to-face -face of a human to have a talk with him at right least, at least right it's something along the lines you know you stick with the program another six months we can set you with job programs you're you know Put really you qualified fries. to do this like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And, and it's one of those things too it's like there's how much are we you know as writers depicting just just what 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 the the actual system was as opposed to 
how do we want to depict the system to tell the story we want to tell yeah right because if they had just done a couple things where it's like oh no no i've got like a three-year plan like they've already identified me then it's like well how does then Aaliyah entice him to ri- put that at risk right mm-hmm. so yeah that's all nicely done i saw people bitching about it because it was are you serious Mando. yeah because it wasn't man like what's this uh, pershing thing like like why isn't it mando like uh even the don't you want that big... world to be bigger and stronger ah. so he'll make him seem like he's you know uh... the more you the more you put into that thing that connects to to mando you know, the more he could flourish, the more nuance he can have, the the more hey. things you can do, the more things you can do. People you are like, know, give me the, the game, everybody wants to Everybody wants an open world, right? You want the open world so you can have more options, so you can have more, you know, more adventures. If you're just in a box hopping in a circle, it ain't going to get that deep. It can't. You know, <sighs> man, like Andor, you you see how, how that became so mm-hmm. off a character that you wouldn't think twice about, but that world just it all mattered it all mattered and he was in the character that and, and Andor was better for it better for don't it don't gotta convince me yeah the character they normally would just disregard made his made him better yeah yeah it was, it was yeah, it's interesting because like I'm, I'm looking at the ratings on IMDB now mm-hmm. episode 1 7.5 meh yeah yeah I agree with that Episode two, Mind's Mandalore, eight point four. Mm. Big jump. Totally agree with it. Mm-hmm. The convert drops down to seven point two. Mm. It's not as exciting, viscerally exciting, because like, you know, there's not as much combat. I mean, there is because I'm pretty sure the whole like dog fight happens in the first book end of uh, episode right. three. But I think they just didn't like because it wasn't about Mando. Are people really that close-minded to, to nuances and to growth? Some people. It's in the same damn world. I mean, the, the difficult thing with, like, like some of these critiques and stuff is, like, how much of it is sort of, like, the algorithm likes contentious issues, so we're going to put out hot takes and prioritize those, right? I, I have seen other things where, like, people are like, man, these episodes are fucking great, so... Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm enjoying them for sure. I, I love I love the fact now that instead of this season arc being about the minds of Mandalore, mm-hmm. now it's about really in my mind, sort of like what is Bo-Katan going to do now that she knows the Mythosaur is real? Mm-hmm. She's got a newfound family. Mm-hmm. And how is that going to impact Din? Right? Right. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, what the focus stays on. Um, the other thing I was mentioning last time, like, we hadn't seen the scientist yet. That's in the trailer. The other thing that's in the trailer is Navarro. Mm. <laughs> because there's clips of Mando's clan jumping out of Bo Katan's ship to fight the pirates mm. like they're jetpacking down onto navarro so clearly that's going to become a focal point i don't know if that's like the big climax at the end of the season or not mm. but i could see a thing where like as a way to take din's coven with the armor and the other mandalorians there from 
we are just trying to survive to we are going to be Mandalorians and that means protecting if we can't protect others how can we protect ourselves how how are we going to be able to say we can reclaim and protect Mandalore mm -hmm. if we can't protect Navarro right right I, not as like we're going to go and do that so we can feel better about ourselves I think in the process of getting pulled in to protect Navarro, there's a moment of them finding a new version of themselves, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that calls back to the old Mandalore before the Empire crushed them, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that doesn't undermine the creed, that reinforces the creed, right? So I think that battle as sort of a cauldron into their new collective identity which Bo-Katan might mm, I don't know might have some play in I think will be interesting to see yeah because they don't introduce stuff for nothing so Bo-Katan for sure Aaliyah for sure and whatever she got going on with Moff Gideon well the the beautiful thing is like you, know, you have his arc. you have the Mandalorians trying to reclaim Mandalore but right. which which Imperial was responsible for that? Moth Gideon. Mm. So if you want, probably not this season, but if you want them to sort of also symbolically reclaim it, that also means taking down the person that destroyed their homeworld, yeah. right? So he's probably going to show up again to be an obstacle for them reclaiming Mandalore with whatever machinations he's got. Yeah, the, the fact that Elia is in there, that connection. Like I said, this is a smart show. They got the pieces and it's not for nothing. Like I said, once again, Andor, you couldn't take anything for granted. You had these side grunt people or beat cop and, you know... Um, somebody working in an office and it, it, it all ties mattered. together it all tied together no loose ends it's for a purpose and so it just made the pot a little bit more interesting you can really see it's yeah. like alright this is what they're setting up in episode one so we can mm -hmm. do it here and oh this is why the pirates are going to come back because we need to defend Navarro so da 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 like it's yeah, like okay for, all those for the first episode I wouldn't have thought like this these three episodes already is telling you a lot We'll see where how it goes, but I'm just saying that's a that's a lot already in these three episodes. Like I thought it was just gonna be a simple it could have just simply been him trying to go back and forth the whole season. Oh god. That well, sounds you exhausting. Know, you know, for him jumping in the lake. Oh, I gotta do a fetch quest. Oh, I gotta go right. get uh, easy, I I gotta get know? IG's memory unit on this other planet, and then I gotta go and do this. And then I, okay, now we can go to the planet. Oh gotta, right. just like nope, went to the planet. And so it's a trip, though. He went for a mission for that card that he didn't even need anyway. You know, he didn't need the droid like he thought he did. It just, I'm like, oh, okay. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the IG droid, because it was sort of set up that Babu Frick, I think is his name, the droid specialist. Like, if they can't get the parts, no one can. If that's going to come back at all. And. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, now I'm, I'm guessing now. 
in whatever big fight that goes down between the pirates on Navarro and the local population and the Mandalorians gonna be a moment where IG pops out fully restored and fucks shit up Mm. right because they've laid the groundwork that these guys are gonna repair him right get him fixed for you and so now when he does show up you will ride eternal shiny and chrome all shiny and chrome <laughs> it won't be like where did he come from and like oh they fixed him yeah go fuck him up bud yeah definitely gonna play into something yeah man so i think we're both feel good about what we have experienced with first three episodes at least so far like i said i will agree the first one was a little bit rocky that second one, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. But then, like I said, with this third one and the introduction of these characters and this new kind of plot thread, I'm like, oh, it's going to be deeper. So, yeah, I really want to see what they're going to do with that. Because, yeah. like, I feel like they're, they're setting up a foe, a threat, and it's most likely the return of Moff Gideon, right? And we may not see much of him this season right but it sets up season four and i think most of the time with big bads you don't want them in every episode anyway that's, right? that's how they kind of keep their yeah you know keep them special yeah. and, I, and i think i mentioned last time like they've already written out like the arc of mm-hmm. season four for this because they have to keep it in alignment with all the other live action shows that are coming right so right. Right. <sighs> I don't. So, do you have any other any other other final words about this episode? No, not that I. There's this doublet of episodes. Um, it'll be interesting to see, like, like we saw, I think, with Mando, like, not Mando, with Andor, like, arcs, like, triplets of episodes. I don't know if they're gonna do that here or not. It'd be interesting. Um, but they're doing fine without it at the moment right it'd be very interesting to just like have the time to just binge watch the whole thing once it's all out and just yeah. feel how that flow is but like i'm not complaining like yeah it my quibbles on episode one but like dude two and three nice yeah i agree i agree especially like i said the action is the action and stuff well action in both of them but they were definitely on a different level episode two for sure and then this gave us like a one-two punch with the story and the intrigue and also along with the action and the the dog fight and all that kind of stuff it was ridiculous it was ridiculous i don't know i can't control what people think and how they feel about stuff but i don't know i'm digging it i'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it it's more than i thought it was going to be already I'm fine with something basic too, as long as it's just done well. But to have like an extra little thing going, I definitely welcome it. Well, I like that they leapfrogged past doing a whole season of Mind's Mandalore. But this focus, at least on these episodes on, on Bo-Katan, I think brought, like it worked. It worked really well, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not upset by it. We, we still have, you know... Jin is definitely a primary character, but as far as the one that I think is driving it emotionally, mm-hmm. for two and three is Bo-Katan, and I'm not yeah. upset by that at all. Me either. Me either. And I don't think I was even digging her really that much, but the way the character's been portrayed and the situation, that's what really kind of builds a character the right way anyway, is the, mm-hmm. 
the things that they go through and really earn their place with you. And I think she really did because she seemed like just like a hard ass prideful and she just, you know, shows that she really does care, that she's resourceful, that, you know, her thoughts of even her own culture, what she really thinks of it. Just all this insight that you have that lets you add up for yourself what you think of that person versus just being so shallow that, you know, you're guessing, you could guess wrong. At least the answer mm-hmm. you come up with, you earned that answer of that character and you could choose your side. And you could be like, I don't like her, but I respect her now because I know this. Right. Or I like her because I know this about her and it's just a hard shell she has on the outside because she's lost so much and she's just afraid now. So it's just to have that option, how do you want her? How do you right. want him? How do you want this? I love those options. And you could do that when that time could have been wasted on some silly stuff. I thought it was just great use of time, great use of storytelling, and I really dig it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't empty action at all, mm-hmm. right? It was just the, the emotional weight was through Bo-Katan as opposed to Din. Yeah, because she and, could have been that mean chick that was in that castle sitting in that... Cool, that's what I thought it was going to be. Right. That, could, that could have been her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Her just sitting... Each time they go back, she's sitting on the throne. And what? <laughs> right? Each time. Left, you're back again. And what? It's like, it's like King Conan. Can you really be a king without a kingdom? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And she got off of that throne and handled business. And I've been feeling her ever since. Well, all right, so that's been Jay and Ryan, and we're discussing... Two and three of season three of The Mandalorian. Entitled... The Minds of Mandalore and, and The Convert. And The Convert. Man, those are good. Can't wait for the next ones. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, peace. In the galaxy. I see. I see that. that. (laughs) No shame. No shame. Hey, it's Jay. If you enjoyed my conversation with Ryan, please check out our episodes where we talked about The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Spider-Man No Way Home, and the movie Batman. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace.